0: Hello
1: and welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the only podcast guaranteed to renew your sex life and regrow your hair. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider.
0: I'm the other host, I'm Dan Ludwig. Good, solid intro, as far as they go. Hmm.
1: Thank you. I'm, I'm very happy that every time I get a good one of these, you congratulate me. Yeah. You know, as if I haven't done it 103 times before.
0: <laughs> the success rate is shockingly low.
1: <laughs> With us today, we have a special guest. I'm really excited about this this one. If you don't know her by name, you might know her by tweet. The wonderful and talented Sophia Benoit, author, comedian sex and love columnist for gq bustle other places uh, on twitter at one follower no dad and you've almost certainly seen one of her tweets pop up probably screenshotted not on twitter just appearing unlike <laughs> in, your instagram feed maybe with her handle attached maybe not Sophia, thanks for being with us
2: thank you so much for having me i'm super excited
1: you want to take a quick second to uh tell our listeners if they don't know who you are you know what you do, who you are, besides all the words I just said.
2: Sure, that covers a lot of it. I um, I write sex and relationships advice and columns and interviews for a lot of places, including GQ and Bustle mostly. I wrote a book last year called Well, This is Exhausting, and this year it's coming out in paperback. So that's kind of the the big things, the big job life things.
1: What's the gist of Well, This is Exhausting?
2: So it's a memoir in essays that's comedic and also has a lot of bad words in it which is Mm. i just say only because a lot of the bad reviews are that it's very (laughs) crass so i'm just putting it out there if the if the c word upsets you don't go into this book that's funny
1: that's those are a lot of our bad reviews too actually yeah (laughs) including and not limited to reviews from my own father
2: Mm -hmm. nice
1: who taught me how to swear <laughs> i've had a real i learned it from watching you dad moment
2: <laughs> i if my kids didn't swear i would be so upset i would be with the reverse <laughs> yeah, i feel yeah, like for sure. if i i mean i don't have kids but if they did that you'd have some like kind of freaky children of the corn children like. yes like utah children or something like <laughs> yeah
0: hello father hello mother
2: yeah exactly it is very like creepy doll child yeah god sorry my step-siblings grew up not being allowed to cuss and like now as adults they don't really do it ever and it's so strange Mm, they sound like they're at church or like a piano recital
1: don't trust it don't trust it i don't trust i don't trust an adult that doesn't swear or at the very least i don't trust an adult that makes a real big deal out of not swearing you know who made a real big deal out of not swearing bill cosby yeah Mm. Mm just
2: saying Look where we are now
1: <laughs> just saying if anyone i've ever known that was just like mm, i don't like those language mm, don't swear in front of me just always turned out to be a weird creep yeah,
2: yeah. it's like the dad yeah. from seventh heaven and then everyone found out he was like a pedophile yeah. and it's like yeah well we all knew
1: yeah so i don't know the lesson here swear more yeah or swear don't
0: more. trust people who don't swear keep like Correct. a good
1: radius away from them before we get into this, listeners, you may be wondering why you suddenly hear a husky, raspy, sexy voice yeah. coming from my co-host here. Uh, Sound like Kathleen Turner over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's because my my wonderful idiot friend uh, blew his voice out at a monster truck rally yeah. last weekend.
0: Oh, yeah. Through, through a combination. I had like actual legitimate illness um, that was like fine, like with within acceptable spring cold levels. Um, and then, you know, I did the medically advisable thing of going to a monster truck rally, drinking a bunch of really cheap beer and uh, screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, not at the top of my lungs, like, reasonable. There were kids around. But, um, yeah, so... There were also monster trucks around, <laughs> yes. my dude! It's okay if you did the, the top yeah. of your lungs. You... There, there were... <laughs> we started walking in and the amount of people that were there with kids we were like are we basically going to a disney on ice like are we absolute and, freaks for doing this
2: no that's great honestly yeah. also disney on ice is probably great i haven't been yeah. in a while but like the harlem Glo- globetrotters are great i've been to like a bunch of demolition derbies where it's like mostly kids they're great sorry uh, yeah. kids know what's up yeah yeah
1: man be, be- just enjoy it. That's that's family entertainment at its finest, my man. Like, Basically, it's it fun was fun for all ages.
0: It was us and
2: a bunch of really cool parents,
0: like parents yeah. that yes. were
2: yeah raising
0: kick ass kids. Right, those yeah. kids swear.
2: Yeah, yes, that kid is like always getting in trouble for saying fuckhead at school yeah. or something.
0: Each one of those kids was going to school the next day with a expletive laden story, like they were like, yeah. and then the thing did three fucking flips. They were like, I have clout on the playground for weeks based off of this.
2: Totally. So, uh,
0: let's get into this episode. I'll explain why we got Sophia in
1: particular for this episode in just a second, but before we get into it, uh, Sophia, before this, what, if any, knowledge of the Andy Griffith show did you have? Like, where did it occupy uh, space? And-
2: I have seen other episodes before. Uh, my father is fully obsessed with recreating his childhood in his own kids' lives. And he's old. He's like an old parent. Um, so he, I, I cannot tell you how much Gomer pile I've watched, which is the spin-off starring Gomer. I assume, you know, that yeah. I yeah. hope your audience <laughs> knows that. Um, cause we're all watching it so much. So I've watched a ton of Gomer pile, like more than any other 29 year old on the planet. Um, and i've seen a fair amount of andy griffith stuff i've also seen just about every other tv show from that time period because there were like four total uh <laughs> so the context i have like a lot of it but it's all from like obligatory watches with my family where everyone was like please can we stop and my dad was like right. no this is right. the only tv we watch <laughs>
1: All right, cool. Sophia bringing some daddy issues into this one. Yes. Yeah, all right. One follower,
2: no dad. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. He's alive. He's fine. Um,
1: Does he follow you on Twitter?
2: He says he doesn't, and he's never confirmed that he does, but occasionally I feel like he'll bring up things where I'm like, hmm, that's interesting.
0: (laughs) All right, okay. He's like an avatar
2: of a clown that's following you or something. 100%. Yeah. He, like, thinks he'd be good at Twitter, too, so he occasionally tells me that he would be, and I'm like, I think you better not.
1: <laughs> Alright, so so today's episode is, uh, season four, episode 30, Barney and Thelma Lou, pfft, yeah. that's, that's actually, that Raspberry, the fart noise is actually in the, uh, in the episode title, Barney and Thelma Lou fit, P-H-F-F-T-T.
2: I like that they uh, did both the PH and the F. They were like, we're not going to necessarily decide whether it's phonetic or not. Like, we'll make a decision later. And then they picked both.
0: I, I kind of wish they'd just done Barney and Thelma Lou parentheses fart noise. I feel like that would have kind of...
2: That would have been nicer. Yeah.
0: According to the
1: ultra-reliable Mayberry Wiki, the title of this episode is most likely a reference to the 1954 romantic comedy film <laughs> starring judy holiday jack lemon jack carson and kim novak so first off jack lemon and kim novak this that's this a movie, huge cast it's a huge <laughs> yeah, cast jesus christ and they and they named the movie <laughs> also it's got to be really great listening to this podcast and having me spinning in your ear i apologize listeners why would you why would you name your movie a sound effect how do you buy tickets to that
2: I have to see this film, and I need. I actually just looked up the 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 poster of it. Has like a woman with the top half of PJs and the man with the bottom half of PJs, and she's holding a rolling pin, and I think she wants to beat him, which I think is beautiful. Why this was like the meet cute for every movie at, at that time period is that like a woman wanted the top half of PJs and a man wanted the bottom half of PJs. <laughs> that was in like everything.
1: That You know what? That's even mentioned in The Holiday when they explain what a meet-cute yes, is. It is, yeah. and
2: it, I've seen it in a Doris Day film. I can't remember which one, um, but they literally have it. I want to say it's Pajama Game, but maybe I'm just making that up because of the name. I mean, sure,
1: that would, it would make sense, though, wouldn't the it?
2: The name makes sense, yes. That was romance back then.
1: Uh, Barney and Thummeloo Fit airs May 4th, 1964, written by Bill Idelson and Sam Bobrick, who I'm not going to look up what else they've done on this show. We've seen them before. Directed by Kobe Ruskin, uh, and here is your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Feeling that Barney takes her for granted, Thelma Lou starts dating Gomer to purposefully make Barney jealous. Yeah, so this is an episode uh, about a bunch of 40, 45-year-olds pulling some junior high games. Y'all know how much I love that. And that's why I'm happy we got a certified sex and relationship <laughs> columnist on to, to weigh in on this.
0: This is a reoccurring thing where we have experts on to basically do the coloring book version of their of their field. Like, (laughs) like here, (laughs) solve these playground romance antics. Like, do do the most dumbed down version of your thing.
2: But that's because this is a simple world. The Andy Griffith Show was like, what if we made like a simple ethno state where there's no problems? Yeah, (laughs) right. That's. The show that is right. the whole show.
1: What what if we created a simple ethno state where there are no problems and also no black people?
2: Yeah, like, yeah, that's... exactly. Like they loved that. Like everyone's grandma was like, "Yes, I would love a comforting show where I don't have to see anyone ugly and anyone not white." And
1: uh, you have to see. There's some ugly. ugly There's
2: There are some ugly people, but like, oh, you know, no one like like their life isn't crumbling up. I mean, like the saddest person in this show is like a guy with a job and a pickup truck who's like a little dumb. Like, okay.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true.
2: fine, you know?
0: He is basically an indentured servant living in a shed behind a gas station.
2: But that was sweet and romantic then. That was, yeah, that right. you was know charming. Saying? Like, that was, yeah. They didn't get into the sadness of any of that. Also, even this episode, there's like a huge amount of sadness. Like, you could replay this episode and make it very dramatic and depressing. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's, like, twee and cute.
1: I love it when our guests get the concept of the show. <laughs> you, you were like, oh, yeah, I see this, Mayberry. Let's break it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Mayberry sucks shit. Sorry. Yeah. It but sucks it sucks shit. shit. Oh, yeah. No. We, we hate this.
0: Like, <laughs> we're, we're not fair. Uh, we should have made that clear. I fucking hate this show so much at this point. We've done a hundred episodes of this bullshit. I hate the Andy Griffith show with a seething passion at this point.
1: Mostly we hate what it did to your grandma, my grandma, and, like, like people who ad- adopt this. Let's get into the episode. First off, Sophia, just from this episode alone, how do you feel about Barney and Thelma Lou's
2: relationship? In a word, um... Livid, <laughs> I would say. Uh... <laughs> I just – are like, if that – if Thelma were my – Lou were my friend, I swear to God, I would be getting drinks with her every weekend, and I'd be like, girlfriend, we have to talk. Like, seriously, sit down, and we're making a pact, and every time that you talk about this man, you take a shot. Like, we're (laughs) – no. Like, we're getting you to the point where you're over him. Like, I would be planning girls trips. I'd be planning, like, nights – like, we would be like, we need to move on from this man in any way possible. And also, I'm coming at this with the context of, like – I'm in my twenties, and it would be sad if what was happening to Thelma Lou or what she's engaging in is was happening in her twenties. But also, okay, so she's apparently in her forties. It seems like, but on top of that, she's in her forties in 1964, which is like in your nineties, like right. now, like that's insane. She's insane.
1: So first off, I just realized we finally have the power to make hashtag Justice for Thelma Liu a thing. <laughs> Sophia, I'm, I'm lying. On We're you not today. going
2: to try Please. to go after Twitter like that. No, it's. <laughs> It's time
1: Thumaloo deserves so much better. Thumaloo deserves way better. So, let's talk about the opening scene here because I'm about to provide some context for you that's going to make you even angrier. So, oh, thank God. so the opening scene of this, uh Thumaloo and Barney are walking home from a date. They uh, have gone and seen a movie whatever blah 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 and they stop outside of a furniture store. This has actually been addressed and come up on the on the show before. After the movie's over, you have nothing to do but stare at a store window. Just go and look at the store windows and just see what's up. Uh, Barney and Thumbeloo look at some of the furniture and they start talking about, like, just fantasizing. Just saying, oh, yeah, if we had that, this is where it would go. This would go in the living room. And Barney's like, I don't like that frilly stuff. I want that big masculine leather chair because I'm a big manly man. Don Knotts starts talking about his den... Like he's guest on slash Ron Burgundy wants it to, <laughs> how he wants it to smell like leather bound books, et cetera, et cetera. And then they sit there and go, oh, oh, but, but there's like a moment where they realize, oh, we're getting too far into this.
0: I do really like that. She they start fantasizing about having furniture together and he immediately goes like, but also I want to have a space in the house where I isolate from you on a, on a daily basis. So he's like, she's like. Basically, they're like, what if we had a house together? Well, I want it to be an unhealthy situation.
2: Um, and he specifies that it's not just her. He's like, no women in my den ever, ever. Like, that's his first requirement for the den. Like, his most important requirement for the den is no women ever. Which, like, my dude, what? They haven't even figured out, like, the the bedroom
0: or any other. They're, this hypothetical space has a living room, and a
2: den that no women are allowed in. I don't even know if this man has touched a titty. Like, I I don't even know. And he's already, like, no women allowed in my home. Which, like, dude, please. Please. No women are, like, banging down the door to get in your den. Yeah. Who do you think wants to hang out in your den? What women in this scenario are like, oh, God, if I could only get in Barney's den. If I could only smell pipe,
0: tobacco, and leather. God, I'm need a a junkie fiending for a hit.
2: I have nothing better to do with my extremely busy 1964 life where the world is changing so rapidly because the president just got shot and the fucking 1950s are over and the 60s are actually starting and now the entire world order is changing and maybe I have to get a job? No, I want to be in Barney's den. Like, what? Hang on,
1: Sophia, because in... I mean, yes, it is 1964 in canon. It is 1964, but... It's Mayberry, so everything's the Great Depression, basically. Like, A, it's we're 30s, in this 60s.
0: weird time warp where simultaneously Vietnam <laughs> and the Great Depression are happening. It's really weird. This yeah. is like some weird back-in-time Narnia shit.
1: <laughs> How long do you think Barney and Thelma Lou have been dating at this point?
2: Gun to my head, I'm saying they've been dating three years.
1: Damn! Nailed it. Yeah, right okay. on the money. Okay, so they've been dating three years at this point. However, I don't know what this is in show time, but in like I guess real world time, he just said the L word two episodes ago. Oh, like he just got around to saying it, and I think this is implying that they just became exclusive. And I do want to point out this 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 is the context I want to say I want to give you. Um, he very specifically did not say I love you. He said, and I quote, you're the only girl I really love.
2: You're what? the only girl yeah. I
1: love. And there's a important distinction between I love you and you're the only girl I love. One of those is, yeah, let's build a life together. The other is, I'm still going to fuck around on you. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't mean shit.
2: There's also the interesting use of girl for a 45-year-old woman. There's 45-year-old all, woman. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's weird no matter what when adult men are saying that. I mean, it's fine I say girl all the time, but I'm not also, like, patronizing someone. But then there's also, like, the weirdness of the fact that, like, he seems to genuinely detest women and their, like, companies on every level. And so, my dude, like, I know this isn't possible in Mayberry, but, like, I would love for if he had just gotten to, like, kiss a dude. Like, kiss a dude. Like, I know you can't, but, like, come on. You hate women. Uh, kind of, yeah. He, I, like, genuinely doesn't... He, it's not even that he hates women in, like, the total, like, misogyny, like, aggression level. He, like, genuinely just doesn't seem to enjoy being around care, care women. Care for them. Like, that, that's, like, just kind of the general background
0: radiation of this whole thing, is they just genuinely, like, seem to want women to be as far away from them as possible. And begrudgingly be like, all right, but I guess you're okay, so I'll allow you near me.
1: It's not that much of a weird, like, headcanon skip to look at the way that Barney treats his girlfriend and also talk about how Andy, at no point in time, has any romantic tension with any of his girlfriends. Andy straight up does not, like, is bored, doesn't care about his girlfriend at all. They just disappear. Wait, he's not
2: married? No. no. Oh, so he's... Okay. okay. A, so a presumably a
1: widower. A widower. A w- and presumably. The yeah.
2: show
0: kept having to hire and then immediately fire uh, love interests because Andy Griffith, the actor, has no romantic chemistry with any of them. Um,
2: I have to get to the bottom of this. This is going to consume my life. Right, I've quick, described
0: quick. it as a Japanese businessman etiquette, where they're like, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm very well. Like... Like very formal and and rigid. And they just kept being like, Well, it must be this woman. We've gone through we've gone through four actresses, but it's gotta be her.
1: Sophia's like googling Andy I'm Barney googling. slash like Andy Barney slash fick right now.
2: No, I'm uh. googling so much. I have to get to the bottom of this because there's just really oh,
1: Ask us anything. It's been a hundred episodes.
2: I have so many questions. But one thing that like really stood out that like connects to this is that in this like seeped in hatred of women like the only female role is Thelma Lou, and in this episode and in a larger sense like the entire show is helmed by and about men and young boys like it's like so male so 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 male which is its own thing but then even this woman like you can tell a man wrote her because she is the ultimate chill girl before chill girls were even a thing like they literally like have she Gomer will put
1: up with anything, yeah. But
2: they even like even in today's language, it wasn't even just like you're a little housewife and you do your little housewife things. It wasn't even like that kind of level of chill girl. It was like you're you're okay if he doesn't want to get married. And Gomer talks about how he can talk to her like a, he talks to men because she's different than other women. Like it was so like male version of what they think women want to be. It was bizarre. I was like, I can't okay. believe this is such an old trope that, like, this is the chill guys girl. It was so weird.
0: We keep waiting for, like, what her threshold will be. And at this point, <laughs> I'm like, he could set her on fire. And she would be like, all right, I I see your point of view on it. Uh, I was wearing a lot of hairspray, and you did need to show me that. Like... <laughs> <laughs> i I don't think there's any line that he could cross that she wouldn't forgive him for it's crazy well,
1: last little bit of context uh for this is I think it's not even really clear but I think Barney just now stopped trying to cheat on 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 her like right. andy Andy even calls attention to it for the first time in this entire series says you've come a few uh, close a few times with that woman Juanita Beasley down at the diner. He has been trying to get with Juanita for years. Like, he's serially cheating on his girlfriend. And that's, no like, no one's ever called it. No one's ever been like, hey, this is not a good thing in our wholesome family values show. It's it's also very funny. So that's the context. He maybe just now start stopped cheating on, actively cheating on her. That's what's going on. So they are talking about buying furniture together. And they go, ah, you know what? Well, we, we can hold off. Like, there's, there's no problem there. Cut to the next day. Uh, they're hanging out at the jail. Barney and Andy have a conversation about about the movie. Barney is very upset about this movie. He says it's not realistic. He can't believe that this wonderful girl, uh, this wonderful woman in this movie, got with this, like, shaggy-haired guy. Which, like,
0: pause, it's the 60s. Like, yes. that was... Every that was 90% of what was happening. (laughs) Fucking insane.
2: Uh, This whole show, every single thing that they were like trying to comment on was like the smallest deal in the entire world. If your friend was like, I'm going to write a show about this, you'd be like, Oh, no, no, that's a bad idea. (laughs) The stakes are nothing.
0: This, the stakes are at any given moment completely resolvable like you could Someone... walk in to anything that ha- a- any minute in this episode and just with a brief 5 second conversation just everything's fine
1: <laughs> they've kind of written themselves into a corner they've written themselves into a spot where like they can't have any stakes whatsoever because if mayberry is this idyllic place where there are no real problems then they're in this scenario where uh basically they they can't do anything like you you can't you can't have stakes worse than Somebody might be slightly inconvenienced And it's so weird How far out of the way they go To avoid that That someone might be inconvenienced uh, Speaking of inconvenience Thumaloo calls She calls the station And asks for a ride to Mount Pilot She needs a ride to the next town And Barney can't take her Barney can't drive her And they can't take the squad car Because the squad car is in the shop Gomer walks in Says hey the squad car is still in the shop But uh, if you need a ride or Thelma Lou needs a ride I'll be happy to take you <laughs> Barney's like yeah you want to do that Thelma Lou you want to you ride with Barney Or you want to ride with Gomer Cool problem solved Bye click And so Gomer being the nice guy that he is Offers to take Thelma Lou. Andy the, the reasonable one here Andy makes a joke like Hey better be careful You don't want to send Thelma Lou off with Gomer He might sweep her away, which is absolutely a dig on Gomer. And And I've said this before. I'm sick of everyone in this show treating Gomer like shit.
2: That was the only joke, though, at the time. Like, literally, that was the funniest thing you could. Like, my grandma can't imagine anything funnier than they're just, like, being a little bit of a dumb guy that lives in a town. Like, that is (laughs) the peak of comedy to that generation. Like, they're like, oh, there's that one guy who's always kind of messing up that's it for them like that for someone who's 90 and above that's what what if a guy had suboptimal hand-eye
0: coordination that is like
2: boy yeah (laughs) if he drops the ladder if he's carrying too much stuff at one time (laughs) oh man watch out also i want to say it's very odd because There's two things. One, Barney does seem to be able to actually drive her, but doesn't want to at one point. Doesn't want to. Yes. And on top of that, then it seems like Andy knows what's going on and is like, I can tell that you're taking Thelma Lou for granted. And I'm going to make this comment about how anyone could, you know, sleep with, have, look at Thelma Lou. That like, this isn't as secure as you think. And he like orchestrates this or semi-orchestrate some of the, like, tension here. You could definitely read it as him, like, puppet mastering
0: all of this shit happening.
2: But it doesn't seem I, like he's actually that kind of character. So it seemed very odd to me. I was like, this seems like a little above what the rest of the show is, that he's, like, puppet mastering this. I don't know. He he has been known to
1: puppet master in the past, but, like, in this in this season especially, he seems checked out. <laughs> It's called The Andy Griffith Show, but, like, he barely does anything or has any agency in his own show. But it's also sort of getting to, uh, like, the later seasons of King of the Hill where they ramp up the crazy on everybody so that uh, Hank can be more serious and more of the straight man. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I... I feel like he's just being a dick. I feel like we're all giving Andy way too much credit. I don't think he's thinking that much
0: into into this. He's just being a dick. <laughs> there's there's also one element. Um, Andy suggests that they get her a cab there. And Barney freaks out and goes like, that's expensive. Like he covers the phone and goes like, How, why would you say that? That's so expensive. Basically stiff arms away for her to get to the dentist.
2: He is such a little cheapskate with his girlfriend and i don't even i'm not one of those people who thinks like men should pay i think whatever that's like its own toxic belief system but if you can't like help your girlfriend out to get a cab or if she can't get a cab like why can't she get a cab what's the money problem here in this town where i know you guys are making plenty of money because like you're sitting around doing paperwork as a cop like you're fine like i don't know it's it's bizarre the whole
1: De- dentist mentioned. I forgot it was a dentist appointment. It's a so dentist appointment. It's a thing she has to go to. It's not like it's something frivolous. Like, but I yeah. also,
2: what was her plan originally? Because the dentist appointment gets changed. Its time gets changed, and I really want to know what her original plan to get to the dentist was. That's what I'm curious about. I need to I get to know. the bottom up. H- it hitchhiking was cool back then
0: you're Maybe already was...
1: putting more thought into this than <laughs> either of our writers did
0: gober even
1: offers Gomer's even like hey you can come along barney if you if you if you'd like like if you want a chaperone or whatever if you don't if you don't feel comfortable with this again being the nicest most considerate person he could possibly be and barney I... says the line that kicks off all of this which is nah nah i'm not worried I'm not worried about Thelma Lou. There's a lot of things I might be worried about, but not this. I got that woman in my hip pocket.
0: He adopts what I can only describe as like high school bully posture, like (laughs) like leaning over so far that he's borderline horizontal. Um, And he kind of does it, too, where they just both lean back really far and just like sneer.
1: The lockers appeared behind. Yeah. Like, they they really have the tone of people smoking cigs, uh, smoking clothes under the bleachers. It really comes yeah. across that <laughs> way.
0: Jennifer, go out with you, nerd. Like, it has that energy. She's my girl.
2: It's so weird because the entire show made him look so fragile. And this is a, probably the incorrect word for it, but like it was very almost emasculating for what their version of masculine was at the time. And it made him look like an idiot. But yeah. then he feels so good about it. And I feel like the show even felt good about what this they is, portrayed him as. And I was like, this, this is, is our, our conundrum. This yeah. is like a bizarre. I mean, I know we haven't even gotten to the conclusion yet, but it's just so weird. Every time that they tried to make him look cool, it made him look so embarrassing. I was like, this is.
1: You You can sir. never really tell. You can never really tell whose side the show is on. Yes. It starts off. Yes. You're like,
2: Look, Because most of the time
1: you're like, oh, look look at this wimpy little simp trying to be a big man. Like, we're clearly supposed to make fun of him. But then he wins in the end. He's vindicated in the end. The show at the the conclusion is just like, yeah, but it's fine because he's Barney. Like, he's got main character armor. And the show goes out of its way for it.
2: I think part of it, yes. And I couldn't tell. That's exactly it. Like, when he won at the end, I was like, is this show super, super, super self-aware? And is like oh, people like this don't ever change and, like, ultimately that's a little bit of the joke is that, like, life itself when you're in a town like this or in life in general is you never change and no one ever grows.
1: We've also thought like, that.
2: Also, like, a little Seinfeldian of, like, no yes. no growth. And yes. so, like, maybe it's, maybe there was, like, a, a time, ty- like, there's one person in the writer's room who's, like, those people don't change or something. Or is it that they legitimately live in such a, like, male dominance poisoned mindset that they're like ha 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 that guy but of course he's not really gonna marry her like which is it what level of irony are you on with this ending It it's
0: like at the end of looney tunes elmer fudd was fine like y- yes y- yeah if you read it
1: straightforward it is darker than any episode of always sunny yeah like yes so yeah, Gomer Gomer offers Gomer is is great. I'm I, he, we've only got a few episodes left, and I'm just I'm so pro Gomer by this point. My feelings on this have, have gone up and down how I feel
0: about this character. I, I would die so- for Gomer
2: Pyle. Like I'll I, say it, I would die for that man. Love him, love what he's I, up to. Only I, I,
0: a I, gameable I, figure at this point. I don't want to
1: get into uh, I don't want to get into like himbo discourse because it's not 2019. But <laughs> is,
2: Go- is Gomer Pyle a himbo? Can I this is going to be like way too much analysis and it came to me so last second so it's not even true but I feel like uh Gomer Pyle is what America thinks it is which is like sweet and stupid and then Barney is what America actually is which is like a sexist cop.
0: Yeah. Barney Fife is the face of American fascism just because Exactly. Like, just this like, bravado but like very but ultimately very like ineffectual and limp-wristed. Yes. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind right now. Dan, you're fired. Sophia, this is your show now. <laughs> I just oh feel God,
2: like yeah. that's like what America thought they were post yeah. like the '60s was like this sweet guy who has a good heart and works really hard, but like you know, but that is not the case. You're Barney. You're fucking yeah. Barney. <laughs> um, and every uh, good that, that- country with oil is Thelma Lou. <laughs>
1: That's this is so much better than the himbo discourse. <laughs> All right, hell yeah, fuck yeah,
2: fuck yeah. We're just yeah, getting into this. politics. It's, you know, no, I, mean, inter- I love this so goddamn much. <laughs> it's just like an international relations podcast, really. We'll just We're- go through and just break down the analogy for each character: India and Pakistan. Which character are they? I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Oh, which which character is the Vietnam War? Which of these characters exactly. was Richard Nixon? Exactly. That's what we need to get to.
1: We know which character is the Vietnam War. It's the lack of any twenty-year-old men. There are no, <laughs> there are no young men in Mayberry. The there the, are occasionally young women, but there is there's just this weird disappearance. There are no people in their twenties in Mayberry.
2: Oh yeah, yeah it, it is so weird.
0: It it does it's factor weird. into like sort of the 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 Creeps Paradise that is the show. That all of the characters in this town are either. Twenty-year-old women
2: or forty-five-year-old men, and
0: there is nothing in between.
2: It's I. I feel like watching this show and hearing about the Andy Griffith stuff, and then I did just read his Wikipedia page, Um the personal life section, my favorite section, uh, sure, the only yeah, you, good section. Wikipedia, like, and
1: then you, you I you mean, go to personal life and then death. Contro-
2: right? Yes, exactly. It's like yeah. personal life, controversies, death. Like I want to know where you stand on gun rights, and then that's it. No, I'm getting, um, I mean, a little bit, but. Uh, after reading his Wikipedia page, I have this like gut feeling that, and I'm gonna say this, and it's gonna be very inappropriate of me, that Andy Griffith in real life just wasn't into women and just didn't know how to deal with that in real life. We've we've theor-
1: yeah we've yeah. been Thank dancing for for around it. that for. Thank a while. you for saying it.
2: And I don't. I again, I think that's his lot to deal with. But the fact that he like became really good friends with a bunch of men, including a little boy that played his son. That's a little Uh, odd. Yeah. Like, there's a whole section of his Wikipedia page that says friendship with Ron Howard. And I'm like, that's your son. Like, it's your TV son. And that's, like, nice. Like, I'm not saying it's not nice. But I'm like, it's weird that, like, you have adopted kids but no biological kids. You have a lot of wives. I feel like it's just giving me vibes of, like, and you have no chemistry with women. It's giving me vibes of, like, deep dissatisfaction with his real life. That's what I'm getting.
1: There were two semi openly queer actors on the show, including Jim Neighbors, who plays Gomer. Uh, yes. and, and Francis Bavier, who plays Aunt B, who is not in this episode and basically hasn't been in this season.
2: I do I did know about Jim Neighbors. I didn't know about Aunt B, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe he just was that's the vibe he's giving off. Or like almost like asexual vibes or something. I don't know. It he interacts. All all romantic scenes
0: that he has on the show are like somebody just handed him a live squid. He's just like, <laughs> "What am I supposed to do with this?"
1: As as a matter of fact, Sophia, I actually just read because now I get weird recommendations that send me to MeTV articles okay. uh, about like how Andy, the actor himself, got involved and pushed and and tried to push and put the kibosh on his and his girlfriend. In, I guess in this case, Helen, uh, their kissing scene. Like, he tried to push and delay their kissing scene as much as possible and would suggest, like, what if we had Don come in and interrupt it under the guise of being old-fashioned? And wouldn't it be better if we just took it real slow? But, who, boy. I could
2: totally be wrong. He's just giving me vibes of, you're, like, you're, I don't really like women. And not in, like, a... Again, like, there's, like, the I don't like women... In the like Frank Sinatra way, which is like, I don't like women because I like fucking them too much, which is like, okay, you know what? That's your vibe it's just horny. He seems like the antithesis of horny. Like he seems to have no interest in women. And I could be totally wrong, but never met the guy. I don't know.
1: Ordinarily, Sophia, when, whenever we have a, a woman or someone who dates men on this podcast. I usually ask like, "Hey, is Andy Griffith hot?" Because we've
0: been trying to get yes, him, like, "Yes, he is." Okay, okay, he definitive.
2: i not even definitive. a moment
0: of hesitation. No, okay. for sure. Interesting.
2: Like, if that man could have one little twinkle in his eye of horniness, he would be doing great. But I, I, I just see him like listening to like. I see him as an older man who finally realized he loves dudes and he like goes to a nice little cowboy bar and has like a one night stand that becomes like the night of his life. That's what I see for him. And that's just me. That's just saying like, I think he could have like a great Thursday evening when he's like 59 years old that he will always yeah. think of.
1: What it was, was moonlight. <laughs> you yeah.
2: know. Yeah, I feel like it just like he could have had a nice time with a man. I don't know. But okay. I think he's hot. Like for sure. For sure so he's he, hot.
0: So, didn't Bonus, he, didn't round. Even Bonus round.
2: Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Yeah. Who's God no. I okay. wouldn't for a hundred thousand dollars. We have gotten those answers flipped a couple of times. That's so upsetting.
1: Don Knotts was definitely like the Pete Davidson of his day. Like That
2: is such a good way to put it. He is a little yeah. bug-eyed sweetie. And like he's he's doing his best, I feel. <laughs> No, no, he can't, no, absolutely not. Whoever said okay, that but, flipped needs help.
1: <laughs> okay, but 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 Sophia Sophia Benoit, one follower, no dad. Andy Griffith could get it.
2: Oh, yeah. for sure. Okay. I just don't think he wants it, and that he definitely doesn't. And no. maybe that makes him even hotter.
0: <laughs> All right, so
2: back back to, so back to the scene. We are so one hundred percent getting
0: sued by the Andy Griffith Estate if they ever figure out that we exist.
2: That's it's alleged. It's all alleged. <laughs> alleged.
0: Theoretically. Satire. Hybrid. Parody. Parody. I, we're <laughs> Uh
1: Sophia, how would you feel if any partner of yours said that they had you in their hip pocket?
2: I would feel like they probably had never met me because I have big bitch energies. So that would be very surprising. Uh, but I feel like also it's kind of surprising for even for Pamaloo. I'd be mad. Yes, I'd be mad. Yes. Like I would so, be she should be furious.
1: So th- so that's what happens in the next scene. Gomer is driving Thalmaloo to her appointment, making chit-chat with her, asking her about her interests. <laughs> like <laughs> just having a conversation with her, which no one apparently has ever done, and he does mention he's like, "Man, your boyfriend is so great. Uh, you know what he said about you? He said that, it, that he she had or he had you in his hip pocket."
0: I wasn't worried about you. And then just keeps on driving. I know I'm keeping us moving at a glacial pace, but that phrase doesn't really mean anything other than this is an abusive relationship, right? <laughs> or not an even not abusive, not an extremely bad
2: relationship, a bad relationship. Yeah. There's,
1: The whole time I just kept thinking about that extremely like weird and squeaky uh, White Stripes song about Jack White has a song about keeping her in in my pocket on their first album, which given given the way that he has, you know, that he works with his ex-wife or his partner
2: says a lot. Says Says a a lot. Also. I also just found out, because I can't stop Googling all of these people, that Don Knotts was a ladies' man. I just want to put it out there. Yes. Apparently, yes. he was getting laid nonstop. So maybe yeah. the other person was right. And
1: that, I'm telling you, that Pete Davidson analogy goes.
2: It does. He does kind of have... He. I see it. I see
0: it. The other people are just channeling like ancestral memories of <laughs> like, past generations that had wanted to get it in. So,
1: yeah, they're driving, and Thelma Lou hears that, that hip pocket comment. And she just kind of, like, smolders a little bit. Doesn't get, like, doesn't show any real, like... I, I, I'm not going to, like, judge Patty Patty Lynn, the woman who plays Thelma Lou. I'm not going to judge her performance, but I can't really read what she's feeling, but it ain't good.
2: So then she starts, like, realizing, I think, that if she is has like some other interest that then Barney's going to get jealous. She's hoping. So she's like, who's available in this tiny little town, Gomer. And so he talks to, does he talk to Andy? Yeah. He talks uh, to Andy about it. So, so, okay. Um, what happens is, um,
0: Gomer meets them at the jail, mentions that Thelma Lou took him out for lunch and like paid for lunch to thank him for, uh, uh, for, for driving her. And after that, Barney gets pissy about that. And then immediately after that, he gets pissy that Thelma Lou bailed on a date.
1: Yes. So, yeah. so Th- Thelma Lou is suddenly pulling away. Uh, they have a standing date on Tuesdays to watch that doctor show.
0: Just a uh, thriving and,
1: relationship. And, 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 and modern eat fudge. Yeah. Yeah, and eat fudge. In, in modern terminology, it's like uh, she watched The Bachelor without him, you know,
2: or whatever. And he's, like, very flipped out by the fact that she had a standing date with him on Tuesdays and then forgot, which is, like, very obvious what's happening. I feel like, God bless her, but she's doing, like, the most classic thing on Earth, which is just like, oh, you're pulling away? No, I'm pulling away. Not very <laughs> healthy. Love where she's at, though. I love it.
1: And, and then and the, the big moment is after canceling on their date, uh, Andy and Barney leave, and Andy is being kind of a dick, like, hey, you never know. Looks like, uh, look, Gomer, he's kind of a shaggy-haired guy, huh? Huh? Just being a total asshole. They walk, they walk out the door, and what do they see? Thelma Lou and Gomer going to the movies together to see the same movie that I guess she saw with Barney. So they're going in there together. And this is where I feel like the ironic X is still X thing comes into place, or, like... If she's, like, she's no longer pretending to date Gomer. She didn't know that Barney was going to walk out and see them at that point. Like, she had no way of knowing. Yes, yes, she knows the proximity of the movie theater to the jail. But, like, there's a lot that could have gone in there. So, for her to be going to the movies with Gomer, hoping that Barney sees, it's not like they're in the same room. It's not like she's dancing with him uh, there. At some point, you're just going on a date with Gomer.
2: I think she's just having a nice evening with a guy. Because she's like, I can't fucking have a nice time with Barney because he sucks shit. So, like, might as well have a nice evening with Gomer. Like, I feel like she was just like, I could stay home by myself, be sad, or I could go out and have a nice time with Gomer.
0: Like, the last person to treat me with basic human decency in the last two years.
2: Yes. And maybe the only person in this town capable of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. For sure. It, uh, that
0: is true. They, at nowhere is it explicitly stated by someone other than Andy Griffith that she's doing this to make Barney jealous. Right? She doesn't say that. No. I mean, no, but she
1: she jumps in when she hears, like, Gomer's plan. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I think she was, but it's never outright said. By the way, quick quick side note. Uh, more for my theory that uh, Gomer Pyle, as a quote-unquote dumb guy... Is actually just what a 1960s writer's understanding of an autistic person was, uh, because
2: yeah, I could see that
1: because he doesn't understand metaphors. When Barney says, "I've got her in my hip pocket," he goes, "What? Yeah, huh?" And they have to explain that it's a figure of speech, and he goes, "Oh, okay. Like this is a thing that's happened to him multiple times." So yeah, just
2: I just don't you know. understand. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure what level he the writers are on with him like what it
1: varies it varies from episode
0: yeah to episode,
2: that's the same but, thing in gomer pile like sometimes he's very 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 dumb like not understanding a thing that is like completely obvious and sometimes he's like fine but just involved in a misunderstanding
1: he he is like homer simpson as intelligent as the script needs him to be
0: there there have been times where we have been like this man has the mind of a child <laughs>
2: yes and, 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 and... yeah yeah
1: and yeah. there, there there have been episodes where if Thelma was doing what she did in this episode, it would be a federal crime. Yeah. Like.
2: <laughs> that's It does concern me a little bit how everyone in the town treats him and what they ask him to do. <laughs> it's a, uh, so, there's some blurred so, lines.
1: Yeah. So Go, Gomer comes to Andy uh, and they talk about it and Andy says, hey, you know what's going on right now, Gomer, right? You know that that bitch is using you, pretty much. Yeah. Yes. He says you, you know that you're being played right now, right? She's just using you to make Barney jealous. And Gomer like takes the burden of this on himself. He says, "Oh man, Barney shouldn't worry. You know, he doesn't need to worry about anything. I would never do anything to to hurt Barney." And then he says a very weird line. Did y'all catch this? He doesn't need to worry. It's not that bad for fat people, but he doesn't need to worry.
2: What? Yes. What the I've, fuck does no, that, that
0: mean? No, that's not me.
2: I replayed that line three times to see if I had <laughs> missed something that came before it because it doesn't even make sense. Like, the, the like, wording of it doesn't even make sense in making fun of fat people. Like, he says I it I did the it's same. Like, like, the word it, it literally seems like they, like, gave him a script that, like, cut off on one page and then picked up on another page and they, like, he says something like, it, it's like, he doesn't need to worry like, fat people don't even need to worry or something weird. It's like, it doesn't... There's no way it makes any sense. It's not even a dig at fat people, the way it's worded. If it was supposed to be, it was a bad job.
1: According, it- to, according to the comments in the ultra-reliable Mayberry Wiki, somebody says, what did... I think they mean to say H- Gomer. They wrote, what did Homer mean when he told Andy it shouldn't matter so much for fat people, but not Barney? Two years later, another commenter said... I think that worry causes people to not eat, thus losing, losing weight. I mean, I don't know. That's the best guess.
2: That is like, you would have to have been living in that like weird 50s town for so long to put those two things together. Good for that person. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> Someone was like, they they like meditated on that question for two years. Two full years. <laughs> they full they years. sat under a waterfall and contemplated the meaning of human language. To try yeah. to, to reach that conclusion and that's the best they got. What it the was
2: such a weird fuck line. What could that mean? It makes no sense. It was like I, I genuinely kept going back and being like, What is this about fat people? I'm not even offended, I'm confused. I'm just yeah. confused. Like, that's
1: what? L- l- <laughs> listeners, if you if you're the kind of psychopath that is watching the Andy Griffith show along with us. Go watch this episode and, and tweet at us, tweet at Break Mayberry at one follower. No dad, tell us what the fuck you think is going on here. Please All right.
2: explain it to me.
1: So Gomer gets it in his head though that he's gonna play along super hard. He, he he and Andy kind of talk about it, and Andy says, you know, well if you if you really went with it, if a fellow were to really go for it and, like, try to be steady with Thelma Lou, she would break her her spell. She would break with that and jump right back to Barney. So yeah, if, if the Mark person
0: actually it. caught feelings, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. If, or if you called her bluff. uh, Again,
0: Puppet Master, maybe? Or just saying shit that comes to his head? Well, he like, basically looks him in the eyes and it's like, well, thank God you're not a real human being, because right. otherwise this could potentially have blowback. Right, he does say, like, it's a good thing Thelma
1: Liu chose you, and not, like, a person with agency for, yeah. like, like any threat. It's a good thing she, she picked the most sexually non-threatening person on the planet, you. Yeah, former. there was
2: a lot of, like, calling him, a, like, a beta cuck happening, but, like, yeah. subtle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which is he, so weird because he's infinitely like manlier than Don Knotts. Infinitely, also, it's
2: not even like not even just manlier. Like if you have to pick one person in that town to like make a life with, or even go on a single date with, like I guess maybe single date Andy Griffith because he's probably live, not going to leave me alone. Uh, not going to do anything to me. He'll probably leave me alone. And he's hot.
1: Let's 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 just go ahead and get to fuck what we're Mary going kill
2: here. fuck
1: Mary kill Barney Gomer Andy
2: first i need to do a little propaganda i think the game should be called bed Wet, and dead but that's uh, just me i've always thought that um okay so fuck me too um obviously i think the obvious choice is you fuck andy for sure then right. you marry gomer and you kill barney
1: that's the that's the only answer that's i think the that's the only question.
2: answer i think anyone who chooses something else is like maybe yeah. a sociopath
1: I think I think you can you can marry Andy. Like you'll be bored, but you'll be very well taken. You'll care you'll of.
2: be. But then, do you fuck Asia. Gomer? Like fucking Gomer is weird. That's weird. Like that's a that's weird also, choice.
1: That's true. That's, that's true.
2: Strange. Like I guess that's you true. could. And then killing Gomer is also awful,
1: awful, Off Awful. So, off the table. No, off oh, the table. You can't uh, kill Gomer.
0: Because that's the thing. Imagine fucking Gomer, and then by the rules of the game, not returning his calls.
2: Yes, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. Like, it's not... Like, I'm assuming in marriage, you're going to fuck this person. Like, I've always assumed when you play Fuck, Marry, Kill, when you marry, you're still fucking. So, like, a lifetime of fucking Gomer is one thing, but when you, like, have a one-night hot steamy hookup with Gomer, that's a no. That's a no for me.
1: And as a matter of fact, that's exactly what happens in this episode, kind of. uh, Yes. Because as, as part of the, like... Erotic thriller game that the cat and mouse game that they're playing with each other now. I'm just gonna skip to the end here. Thelma Liu, fully aware of what Gomer is trying to do, plays into it very hard and kisses Gomer kind of on the chin, not even really on the lips. It was like the chin, cheek area, and, but and they,
0: kind of in the the that that little corner where where cheek, chin, and neck meet. Yeah, like, so she she not kisses hot, him basically,
2: no, yeah, no, no.
0: in the, in the most non-sexual
1: way imaginable barney sees this and he freaks out uh and then gomer freaks out and as we just pointed out you can't fuck gomer and not return his calls because gomer's like well where i'm from in backwoods even more backwoods than this i kiss a girl you gotta get married now so gomer is i think fully on like convinced that they have to get married so she, it's he's so depressing to an honest yeah. woman of her
2: it's like, so sad because I was like, this might be Gomer's only shot at marriage in his own mind. It's like, this poor man. Not. He explicit- does
0: not want to. It's explicitly stated that this is his first kiss, and it was under these circumstances.
2: It's literally someone tricking him to make someone else who sucks shit jealous and kind of like assaulty and weird yeah. and like not, I mean, the vibes were so off and not hot and romantic and he feels guilty and bad about it. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is your just- first kiss. Who Yeah.
0: Imagine if your first kiss was with somebody that was doing it just to make someone else jealous. And also Don Knotts is watching you through a goddamn window the entire time.
2: Also yeah, I- j- you're in your like forties and you just drove this woman to the dentist yeah. as foreplay. Like, please Christ. I am yeah. praying for you. Do you think he died a virgin? Do you think Gomer Pyle died a virgin? Cause I do, I mean, I know he was in the army a lot, but I yeah. think he died a virgin. Yeah, but
0: he, he 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 was in the army, but like I, I would say one hundred percent the army is a variable.
1: I mean, there I don't think I don't think there were any women that appeared on the entire in, at any point in. You, know, you no can
2: lose sense. your virginity to not a woman. I don't think he's canonically gay, though. I think he is canonically no. straight. So, right. do I think that happened? No, but I think he died a virgin.
1: Yeah, I think potentially, it's, yeah, potentially, yeah. There's it's a
2: strong sure. chance.
1: God, let, let's figure it out, right? It, we, I think we've also thought that Aunt B dies. Canonically, Aunt B dies a virgin. The Breaking Mayberry headcanon of Aunt B fucks all the time.
0: Yeah, like, basically, fucks traveling salesmen all the time. I feel like
2: she is definitely fucking all the time. Like, if I actually had to like rearrange my priorities, it would be fuck Aunt B first and foremost. Like that woman is slapping puss around that town like she is just giving it out and I know it and I love her for that like you go into a bar and you see her there you're like Aunt B's here someone's getting fucked tonight like okay and she knows what she's doing that's no, 100%. The oh, yeah. She's like whipping she, you around. You're like screaming. You're like, I didn't know sex could be like that. You're yes. like, holy shit. Yes. Like, that changes you, and it doesn't change her at all, which is the scary part. You come out, and you're like, I'm in love. And she's like, yeah. bitch, it's a Wednesday.
1: Ariana Grande's thank you next is playing in the background. Like. Yeah,
2: no, she does not care. Does not care. Yeah. She's like the weekend for that town. Like, the singer, not <laughs> the days of the week. Like, sure, she is- sure just like both really she's like doja cat for that town like she is just everything nonstop all the time in my mind i wish she would have been in this episode so i could talk more about her sex life she
0: mostly fucks uh drifters and traveling salesmen so she has got to be on like the tourism map for the state where they're like listen if you are in that area
1: you, you have, have to, go. to hit up Aunt B. She has her own hobo symbol. Yeah. Like, yes,
2: yes. You know in like like the Op- guidebooks where they'd be like, here's like a point of interest. You know, that's her. That's like her house.
1: Opie comes home and is just like, why are there drawings of little footballs on our mail post?
2: <laughs> Everyone's like, that's not what you think it is, dude. <laughs> nope. <laughs> She's so, wild. Yeah, are you
1: sure you've never listened to our show before?
2: <laughs> no, I just feel like you guys are picking up on what this town's putting out there.
1: <laughs> Thank God I, this feels this feels Validated. very vindicating validating and vindicating. yeah. yeah. I just uh, feel like
2: you you understood I think the thing is some people can't read what's happening in terms of like romantic and horny subtext. and I think if you're able to you see a lot of what's going on in Mayberry, you're like, oh
1: well, I don't I don't mean to brag. But Dan and I have had sex.
2: <laughs> well, with other people,
1: you- <laughs> not not with each other. That puts uh, you ahead
2: of Gomer Pyle. Yeah, <laughs> nice,
0: still young. So, but uh, the the thing that I haven't been able, to, like, I've been thinking about recently is like strictly within the canon of this show, like taking it completely on face value and what it intends for me to read it as. Do these people fuck? Like, no, no Ken are dolls, they, Ken he, dolls, all the way down. Just never. Nobody's no, not even heavy petting. I think
2: Opie was like Immaculate Conception.
0: Yeah. Like we, I, we've,
1: we've never even seen a picture of Andy's wife he's never mentioned his wife so I, I mean I feel may have like he just wandered out of the woods and just raised this boy Like, I feel
2: like there's like an alt version of this that would have been so much cooler where it's like he knocked up a woman and cause he was like a fuck boy in his past and she left him on the stoop like she left Opie on the stoop and was like here's your baby and he has to like turn his life around as like kind of a grizzled cop in like yeah. a new town with a son it that's like a so better well. show
1: it works so well with our head canon that he was also a con man. Like he was a con man who had to settle down. Da- yeah.
2: I feel like, like it would work. They, I don't see him as a dad it.
1: though. Like he yeah.
2: that's not his real son and I think we all need to say it.
1: Yeah. He he, he barely acknowledges that oh my god is Opie literally a redheaded stepchild? Like
2: He is No, he is. Like that is not Or maybe his like he has like a brother who had a kid and his brother died and the like the whole the parents died or something and like left him this kid like a little bit of a raising Helen situation if you remember the Kate Hudson movie sure. um I'm sure you do I feel like I mean it's a beautiful Joan Cusack vehicle uh, I'm, I'm
1: up on my on my Hudsons and my Cusacks like. thank you
2: Joan Hudson I mean Joan Cusack has never gotten a starring role in a film and it's something that I just feel so angry about all the time that can't be right. What's no. true? Nah, dude, go challenged- check out that IMDb. Check case. out her IMDb. It's like how Bruce Springsteen's never had a number one hit. How we don't know. No one knows. No one knows. that's
1: I I, I know exactly. It's because shattering. It's, it's, there, there are a million character actors and only a handful of character actresses, and that's the role she fills. It's it's like Cusack and Margot Martindale, like.
2: I just feel yeah. like she should have gotten at least one starring role in even, like, a tiny movie. Like, I don't need it to be, like, She's, Avatar. I mean, I do want her to star in Avatar,
1: but... with You think that, like, with the resurgence of Katherine Hahn, Cusack would slide in there and just be like, hey, me too now, you know? But, like,
2: I mean, I guess I also see it like Lisa Kudrow, but, like, where's, like, her big, like, vehicle? Where's the, like, thing that Joan Cusack wants to make, you know? I feel like... Somebody should just gone off. like well everybody <laughs> fucking likes her let's just give her
0: like like she's her the plot is she's on a boat and antics in sue
2: well make, I would love like, that are you kidding we'll do you know how much of money of- i'd spend at the theater to see yeah. Joan Cusack on a boat and antics in sue I I, I want to see I want to see a movie
1: with like Catherine Hahn Joan Cusack and Judy Greer and they're and they're like all hanging out together at breakfast tables. And every once in a while, like, Katherine Heigl or Kate Hudson runs in, and they're like, oh, honey, let me solve your problems. I want to see what happens to the best friend in the romantic comedy when the lead is off screen. I want to have a movie with all these best friend characters. Just, like, what what do they do when they're not I feel waiting. like that's, like,
2: so. a parody film. Like, they came together waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. All right, cool. We're We're writing this. We're writing this right Are after you, we uh, write... Like, There's lots
0: I've, to write now. We have yeah. tons feel, to do. We, we've got, Gritty we've got this, HBO Andy got...
2: Griffith reboot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I can't wait for the Griffith Like the <laughs> what did they just reboot on HBO that was like Perry um, Mason. Perry Mason. I, yes. Perry Mason. I feel like they could Sucking do that, you. but with this except, show. Except old like new
1: Perry Mason is apparently very good. Old Perry Mason is also good. Like there's. It is also
0: good, yes or, yes. or the bad version of what we just described, Bel-Air.
1: Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. oh,
2: that was yeah. such a Wait. weird thing. Who was asking for a reboot of that? No one.
1: Will no one. himself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> folks, 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 folks. Michael Shannon is Andy Griffith.
2: Oh, my God. You know what? Do you know what they need? Is... He does look like him. That's kind of creepy. And yeah. you fucking bring in Pete Davidson. Just bring in Davidson. Great. There you go. It works. Michael it's Shannon, already Michael
1: Shannon and, and Pete Davidson. HBO, what if you... get on the fucking horn. We've got this.
2: Or just let's like gender swap it and do like Andy with an I Griffith show and just completely gender swap everything. Okay, all right. I, the problem is, starring there's Joan Cusack. <laughs> yes, there's... and she there's... has a kid, but no one ever explains it. She has no sexual chemistry with anyone. And she has like a fuck boy best friend. It's already written. Here we Ooh, go. I like
1: that. I like that. It's, it's going to be real hard for Joan Cusack to play no sexual chemistry. Just I think that's that true. Woman, she has sexual chemistry with everyone. A sexual firebrand. <laughs> yeah. Again, Adam's family values.
2: I actually think Barney, I think Katherine Hammond would be a good Barney. She'd be great. No, that's the thing. Ugh, she's too likable. Like, she'd be great at it. And Judy Greer could play Gomer. I can see it all. <laughs> Just put them all, put the pieces right in there. And I mean, you have to modernize it. It's not going to be these storylines. Sure, sure. No, I'm Except, sorry.
0: Catherine Han's the Gomer. Catherine Hahn has to be the has to be the Gomer. It's like her innate likability carries over there perfectly. That's I, I,
1: fair. I, I, hang on yeah. a second. Hang on a second. I have a question.
0: In like male-dominated sitcoms or
1: male-dominated things, the humor always comes from the dumb one. But I feel like the way that translates, and Dan, as the Golden Girls expert here, you could probably weigh in. I feel like the way that translates is uh, in a female-driven sitcom or, or show, that dumb one always becomes the slutty one. Of course, Golden Girls had a slutty one and a dumb one. Yeah. yeah. I feel like but, there's
2: also kind of sometimes the mean one for women's stuff, or like the drunk one, or like other like... I feel like so, the mean on. one is kind of the thing... That provides well, humor.
1: What's cool. going on here is now I'm thinking about Catherine Hahn as Slutty Gomer Pyle. She still, she's still the mechanic. She still got the. Ov- I need we some are time so in the weeds alone. on this, but let's keep going. I I need some time alone to think
2: about this. Just watch <laughs> Bad Moms. She's great in it, and she's basically Slutty Gomer Pyle. So did we just invent Bad Moms? Is, we kind did did. we just reverse engineer the movie Bad Moms. This is how they invented th- it.
0: Yeah, I think that we just. I think that's what we did. Damn it.
1: Fuck, Catherine Hahn is hot. All right, back to the show.
0: (laughs) Where the fuck are we? Okay, so... (laughs) This is is probably the most off the rails we've ever gotten. I love this. I
2: told you Um, I would get you off the rails when you said that I was going to have to be doing more talking. I told you that wasn't going to be a problem. I always go off the rails.
1: I feel like we should just kind of like summarize what happens. We're not going scene by scene anymore. Yeah. Uh,
2: Okay, so uh,
0: the big thing that happens is Thelma Lou is using Barney to make uh to make I'm sorry is using Gomer to make Barney jealous and Andy does a Uno reverse card on her and just goes well you're actually using this guy as a human play thing to make another person another person jealous what's up this is a thinking feeling human being with uh, with an interior life
1: no he's not no he doesn't no 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 no, no, he
0: does I mean it's bullshit but that's kind of... he. She kind of gets she flipped. She does
2: get the blame for this whole situation. Yeah,
1: she gets blamed for everything.
2: He flips the whole game on her. Which is so weird because... Gomer is fucking with her specifically because he thinks that that's like instructions that he got. It isn't, but like he thinks that. So Gomer's fucking with her. He thinks he's her.
1: been like MK Ultra activated. Yeah, yeah,
2: and like yeah. that. He's doing his best. Like he's doing what he thinks is correct and moral. Like he's not trying to like be a fucker, but he is a fucker. So he's using her and being a piece of shit. Then Andy is using her and being a piece of shit by like orchestrating all of this. And then of course there's Barney, who is just a piece of shit, and like their entire relationship is that. Oh he can't even imagine a life where she can be in every room of the house. Like he literally can't imagine her being allowed in all of the rooms of their home. If they ever get married, that's how much of a piece of shit he is. So all three of these men are like, not like, I don't want to use the word gaslighting because it's so overused, but they're like manipulating and controlling and fucking with this woman's life. And she keeps having pieces of it unveiled. And instead of the end being like, wow, that was so messed up. And like, weird they're all mad at her for playing into she, the exact same thing that they just did and she's just like playing along and then they all get mad at her and they're all like why would you do that? I was like he, bitch what? I'll kill you. I'll kill all of you.
0: She apologizes at the end.
2: Yes. Like she yes. gets she gets fully bad guy. Like it and, is And the one thing she says, the one thing she's like so apologetic. She's like the only thing I want to say is like it really Like it was like almost the only moment of intelligent, emotional intelligence in this whole thing, where she was like, I didn't like it when you said that I was in your hip pocket. Like that was hurtful. Like she doesn't use those words, but like, that's the essential message that she has is the one thing that really bothered me is you thought that you had me in your hip pocket, which bothered me. And then the goddamn episode ends with him being like, ha, she's in my hip pocket. And I was like, oh my God, I would, the ways in which I would ruin this man's life. (laughs) I would ruin it.
0: Here is the depths of it where she doesn't even say don't think that you have me in your hip pocket she just says don't say it out loud because like she's like you can think anything about anything you want about this just don't say it out loud because it hurts my feelings i've never met
2: a woman who needed feminism more like i'm like girlfriend i mean that's not true but like Girl, we need you to get on board. Sorry to go back a little bit, twenty years, but like, we need you to find out about girl power, feminism of the early two thousands. Like, I need you to hear the Spice Girls one time, and that will change everything for you. Like Thelma Lou, it will unlock the world.
1: Let me let me do this. I'm just gonna run through a quick summary of the events uh, for the rest of the episode, and then we can just go off. Gomer goes to Thelma Lou's house, fully intending to fuck with her, and just being and and says that he's going to pretend to that he's catching feelings. So that she'll break off the deal and she'll go back to Barney. She'll get scared. He calls Andy from Thelma Lou's house and says, this is what I'm going to do. Then Thelma Lou hears this and says, oh, okay. Is that what we're doing? And she plays her reverse card. And when Gomer says, do you want to be my steady girlfriend? She's like, hell yeah. I love you. Gomer." Not even that. She She kisses Gomer as we described before. Gomer gets it in his head, oh no, we've kissed, and that means I have to marry you, even though I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> uh, so now Gomer is upset. He believes that he has to kiss th- or marry Thelmaloo. Barney is upset because he saw them kissing through the window, and he wants to fight Gomer, a fight he would absolutely lose. And I want him to fight Gomer for that reason. <laughs> Andy drags everyone back to Thelmaloo's and says, hey, Thelmaloo, maybe you can take the kiss back? from gomer and she's like yeah gomer you stupid simpleton i'm taking my kiss back and then kisses him again and he goes oh i have no concept of anything so that <laughs> I, if i didn't if i didn't know any better i'd think that was another kiss okay so we don't have to get married anymore then he drags in barney Bar- they as do we same. break
0: it down this might be a felony <laughs>
2: yeah. like and, everyone's <laughs> so problematic in this town
0: yeah. and then they
1: do the thing that dan and sophia just talked about when which uh She says, please don't say you've got me in your hip pocket. Great. Stinger is Barney doing the exact fucking thing that she just said not to do. Jesus
2: Christ. Dump this man. Dump this man and move away. Hit him with your car. Like, I don't even need a dump. Like, just come on. This is ridiculous. I also, like, all of our grandpas thought that was, like, so cool. Like, everyone that, right. like, is in that generation saw that episode, and the end of it, they were like, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like, the...
0: <sighs> sorry. The the thing that's, like, kind of maddening about it is all the terrible stuff that he does to Thelma Lou or involving Thelma Lou in this episode so easily just transplants onto a 22-year-old dude in now. Like, getting mad that your girlfriend paid for another guy's lunch... When your girlfriend sends you up on a date, peering into her fucking windows, threatening to fight a guy that she's hanging out with,
2: just all of it oh, is th- so insane. And it's so, like you said, the word "unhealthy" is like the most perfect. Like I don't think that this relationship is satisfactory for either one of them. I'm like, this is like not great for either of you. And I'm sorry that you're in your forties, but like, talk to Aunt B, who's in Pound Town, and figure it out, man. Like, yeah. I- uh,
1: folks, mark it down on on your. Bingo card, you're breaking Mayberry. Bingo card. Marty once again screams about how old these people are. But take this script, take this script, and transplant it into I don't know, let's say 2006, and make the cast of DeGrassi do
2: it. Or that's fine and, if and you're like on Laguna great. Beach and this happens,
1: that's fine. Sure, whatever. Add add a lot more drugs, and you can make an episode of a B plot Euphoria. I guess this is okay if it is children.
2: <laughs> or or if it's, like, really farcical and over-the-top and, like, someone's disguising themselves as a different gender and then it's Shakespeare. But, like, at this level of, like, earnestness, but also, like, not really a joke. I mean, I guess that's also earnestness. But just, like, this level of earnestness and lack of irony is so bizarre to find this funny. It's so bizarre.
1: I'm of the belief that a bunch of writers in Los Angeles and London were, like, yeah, let's let's make fun of these country bumpkins. This is how much their life sucks. They're all miserable. They got nothing to do but stare at a at a furniture store window. And that's what they wrote it like just to, like making fun of them. And then it aired and then rural America was like, that's what we want. That's exactly what we should be. And to and this day are taking it as a guiding light.
0: It's I so mean, bizarre. The the thing is, they have to think that this the events of this episode are conceptually funny because there's no goddamn jokes in here. There's not a
1: single joke. Did you laugh at any
0: point? I can't think of a single like roll snare drum like fucking pun or anything. If there There, were any, well, there was
2: the the fat line, and we don't know what that was intended to be, and so no. Honestly, the person that wrote this or the people that wrote this, like that is. I can't imagine calling that a comedy. To do so is so bold. Yeah. So brave. <laughs> like, the thing I yell a lot is everybody went home at five.
0: Like nobody did a second pass of this script. They want, wrote it one sitting and then turned it the fuck in.
2: I actually admire that. And I think that's cool. And I wish sure. they had more of that fuck it energy in there instead of like, do, 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 do.
0: How great must it have been to be a writer in the sixties? Oh my where you god! Could just
2: crap Anything shit like this out, and you were smoking indoors, and like, yeah. like they were and you were on high
1: balls the entire time.
2: Literally, you were like fucking a woman that wasn't your wife right after work, and then going home to your wife, and like your whole mindset was like, "I hate women," and like, "I'm just gonna write about it, but in this way that's like sweet to middle America because they're so racist." Yeah, it was a fucking breeze for those people. You you write, they're like
0: that we're filming in 20 minutes do you have anything you write an argument you had with your wife that morning on a piece of paper crumple it up throw it at an intern's head and they have to just go make something of
2: it also everyone for years afterward is like that was the golden age of television these people wrote the most brilliant episodes this is amazing and meanwhile you got your job because you were next to the male guy at universal and he needed someone who was like five foot two or something and it was you like it's insane how these people got their jobs
1: Just a bunch of dudes with William H. Macy bodies and Don Draper attitudes, man. Wow.
2: That's the title of the book that you guys write on this fucking show. Don Draper. (laughs) William H. Macy in the body, Don Draper in the mind.
0: That's at least the title of this episode. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, You exclusively got jobs by having moxie.
2: I just, it's like, they all brought their alcoholism to the script and I could see it. I was like, I, no one in this show was explicitly alcoholic, but everyone in this show is alcoholic.
0: You can see the points where they spilled vodka on the script. Like, there's a splash of martini.
2: Every single person's behavior in this show was the behavior of an alcoholic, with the exception of Gomer Pyle, who's the behavior of a drunk. And that was like, they literally just wrote alcoholism into characters.
1: Which is very funny because part of the, like, drama of this show is that you're not allowed to drink in Mayberry. Like, literally the only crime we ever have Barney and Andy solve is moonshining. And there is one character whose whole thing is he's a drunk. He's a raging alcoholic. Like,
0: that's that's the fucking Rosetta Stone is all of these plots make so much more sense if you just imagine that everybody is hammered. And oh, no, my d- God. No, no, no. Got,
1: we got We were all talking about how there are no stakes earlier in the mind of an alcoholic, the highest stakes you could ever possibly have is a dry County where you can't drink in their mind. They have created the highest drama.
2: When Lena Dunham wrote girl, she said that the four main characters were like, she took her like four parts of her personality that she really didn't like and made four characters based on them. And I like, that's a great idea. Good for you. Like whatever Lena Dunham's a disaster.
1: Then it kind of turned out that that is her entire personality or those four totally. Like it's
2: like that was its own thing. Like that's a separate thing, but like a great idea for creating four characters is to be like, what four parts of myself do I not like? And then heighten them. I feel like this show was an alcoholic being like, what are different problems I've ever had and how how have I ever solved them? And like, what four different alcoholics do I know? And they like made like the stoic one who gets like more withdrawn and it's Andy and he's like, whatever. And then you made like the mean barney drunk and then you made like happy gomer drunk and then person who's like always in bad situations thelma like i feel like there was just like all these like parts of alcoholism that each character displayed within this episode and within this town
1: that's so much better than the like gilligan's island seven deadly sins thing (laughs) that's such a better headcanon there i like that
2: i love gilligan's island now there's a show where people wanted to fuck
1: yeah 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 (laughs)
2: Talk, which, that's which like is, the antithesis of this show they have like a sweet dumb guy at the helm and everyone wants to fuck
1: like, which was airing around the same time right Like, yeah bo- uh, Bob Denver, Gilligan's been on this show before yeah
0: Gilligan's Island air- starts airing in 1964 so yeah was Andy Griffith's show just basically like the cold shower you took after watching Gilligan's Island I yes. gotta be honest
1: like, like you, you could be horny on TV like it's not like it was different on a different time. You could do that.
2: No, you could be horny on TV. This show refused to go there, which this is show so weird. To. Yeah, ratings we covered a lot of ground.
1: <laughs> yeah, ratings, ratings. Okay, so Sophia, when we when we do the ratings for the episodes, we uh, we rate it on two scales, uh, and I can't wait to hear yours. Uh, first oh. up is is the the first one. This is one to ten, ten being the highest. Uh, first is the Andy Meter. The Andy Meter is how did much did you enjoy this as a half hour of television would you watch this again like did was this a quality entertainment product that's the andy meter then there's the barney meter again scale of one to ten which is how much psychic damage did this episode do on america essentially
2: oh okay america or, I mean,
1: culture, pop, whatever you want to. No, I thought it
2: might <laughs> be cold, like damage on me, and I was like, I don't <laughs> feel like I can get damaged at this point. But on, on when it was airing, so I'll do the Andy yeah, scale first. Andy yeah. scale, or is it how my much? turn? Is everyone going? Yeah, go, Should, up, okay. Yeah, let's, let's, okay, we'll go after yeah. you. How, yeah. How my, much did
1: you enjoy this as as a piece of media?
2: I feel like I'm gonna give it a three because of generous well, it's something I'd never seen before. Like I've seen other episodes of it, but I had never seen this episode. So I guess on just like a pure, like, okay, I'm here and I've never done this thing before. I'll give it that. But also I'm going to give it points because it was 25 minutes of my time. And I, you know, when something's longer than (laughs) 25 minutes, I don't, want to be involved in it if movies could be 25 minutes i would be thrilled
1: you just gave it a bonus point for having an average sitcom runtime
2: (laughs) yes yes i did all right
1: i don't question our guest methodologies. i'm just
2: saying like there's something every time i watch a comedy and it's done at half an hour i'm like thank you thank you
0: i mean honestly that's true it doesn't have like a cliffhanger for the next episode of the comedy
2: Yeah, we were done. We were in and out in 25 minutes. I was like, okay, I understood what happened. These people are little sicko fuckos, but I get it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I definitely, I definitely get really excited when I see run times on like HBO Max or whatever. Like, I had everyone was like, you got to go watch Our Flag Means Death, and I was like, I don't want to watch this this thing because anytime someone tells me to watch something, I fold my arms and go no. But then I saw that every episode was 27 minutes long, and I was like, I can do that.
2: Exactly. And like, I think you should leave the episodes are 16 minutes. You tell me I don't have 16 minutes to waste. I have 16 minutes. I always have 16 minutes. So this was nice. So I'll give it a three. And I do think that's generous of me. I do think it's generous, but I like being generous. And for the Barney scale of cosmic horror, um, I'm gonna give it like a nine. We didn't see a lynching, but I think that they could have worked it into a script because they probably wanted to. I think the show was like incredibly sexist, incredibly racist, even though it didn't say that ever. Uh, I could just feel it. I could feel that in my bones. And I feel like it upheld everything wrong with so much. I feel like so many abusive marriages continued because of this episode. And I don't think it should be put on them. Normally I would be like, oh, it's just a TV show, but you have to remember that like three out of four people were watching the show every night. So yes.
0: You just, you keep doing our work for us. Yeah, the thing, like, uh, we always explain to people is, like, imagine a kid watching this show and, like, going, like, all right, what I just watched is normal. And then growing up into an adult and becoming a baby boomer and, like, you know, ravaging the fucking world.
1: So, so, Sophia, how how direct of a line can you trace from this to... Any bad relationship you've ever had, or written about, or you know,
2: I think, I think it's it was How like a, degrees I of separation. I think, it's a, I think it's like a a mo- I think this is like the turning point in the modernization of um. I mean, this is like a tale as old as time of men not wanting commitment. Like the first line of Pride and Prejudice is like a joke about that. You know, like right, right. a man and one of a wife. So I I think this was like a a modernization of this idea and like the beginning of this like new era of men that treat women like shit, but it's modern and cool and like fine and not like you're not a gentleman for it. It was like, you're awesome for it. And it's like the beginning, it's like the taking of it from like literally from the like Jane Austen and Victorian and all those eras and ushering it into the 21st 20th century, uh, so I think there's a lot to blame for this TV show and others of the time that did the same shit. So I'll say I, I'll give it a lot of blame. I don't mind blaming the Andy Griffith show. I feel I'll, like <laughs> within the, the 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 timeline,
0: this is sort of like kind of about because the the first conversation they have, Thelma Lou is like, "Oh, I'm not really in a rush to get married either. I'm kind of cool, not getting married right away." And like, the way I kind of read it is like, "All right, so." This is a new thing where women aren't begging to get married all the time. How do you still control women that aren't married to you? Kind of uh, like... Yes. And how do you I, have I your know.
1: cake
2: I, and eat it, too?
1: Yeah. I, I I was getting a big, like, gone girl, like, cool girl speech vibe off of that. Like, is she really okay with putting off the she's, she's
2: No, I agree. I mean, but I she had to be cool with it because that's, like, the role that's being asked of her is to be cool with it. And so she is being cool with it. So then you still... I, like, there was a lot that she didn't get to say because God forbid yeah. a woman have anything happen and not it be an apology.
1: It's it's very weird. Like this this is a, a Thelma Lou episode, I guess, but she's also like doesn't really have a lot. She she actually has more agency and more driving of the plot than most women. Any most women in the on the show do. And
2: then she had to apologize like, for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she had, she had to apologize for being the driving factor of the plot. all yes.
0: of, I'm, all I'm of her do primary do... decisions as, a, as a character, happened either off screen or very far away, like at the dentist. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the
2: dentist, or over there in a movie. I theater hope she fucked or... the dentist. I hope she went to the dentist and was mm-hmm. like, "I'm getting laid today." <laughs> Or or
0: described, or was described by
2: dentist. We all, (laughs) yeah, they are before the grace of God go. I family. I mean, I mean, he who hasn't had
0: angry revenge sex with a dentist cast the first stone. Exactly. They
1: they got the good stuff too, right? Like,
2: yeah,
0: who
1: who needs poppers when you've got nitrous? (laughs) Yes my okay andy meter uh because i've seen all of these episodes and they're all 25 minutes long that really doesn't impress like like shania twain that don't impress me much uh so i'm gonna give this a, a two
0: like
2: what's the highest an episodes ever gotten
0: 10 we've they, we've given tens there have been some that have actually been awesome yeah like, we've, oh, okay we've, okay
2: Okay.
0: yeah it's, like we're, we're not we're not total haters on this. okay okay like it's it's yeah. less than five, pretty comfortably.
2: Okay, that's I fine. Know. I just thought maybe like the highest was like four. Okay, no, no, no. Then no, I no. do
1: not Okay, this, this this would be a very boring show if it was just us hating every single episode. To be every clear, once once.
0: A, a a a ten on this scale is like a medium Dick Van Dyke episode. Like, oh, sure,
2: sure, sure. I'm not. Yeah. T- I don't think you are like appreciating this in the same way you appreciate like, oh, wow, I loved the movie portrait of a lady on fire like i didn't think it was right. like that or something okay so that's your andy I mean, the, scale
1: okay yeah so it was a, we, we we have given out 10 but on this two two this episode is a chore to watch uh i sat there just folding my arms just because like at, at gomer i feel like those two points are entirely jim neighbors being gomer pile i've got i've come to love the man uh but Ah man, it's it's it sucks. I it has my biggest pet peeve, which is a junior high relationship work coming out of grown ass adults. I hate that shit so much. Uh, and so Barney Meter, you know, it would have only been like a seven, but the fact that the fucking episode ends, the episode ends on like Barney doing the thing that he was just exclusively asked not to do the one thing, the fact that it oh, it ends on that. And then everyone's just like, okay. And we're not supposed to see Barney as, as the bad guy here. As like an eight, I a
0: stinker thing. Yeah, like.
1: exactly. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a straight up nine for me because again, it's just like, all right. Okay. You like, you, you've established what is permissible and it is this, like, because again, Barney at no point ever gets comeuppance. In fact, people go out of their way to make sure Barney's feelings don't get hurt. So I'm gonna fight him. It's it, it it's a nine for me.
0: Uh, I'm actually gonna go high on the Andy meter and give it a four, just because we've had a really rough stretch lately, and this didn't cause me physical pain. Um, <laughs> the ones the ones we watched last week, I literally I almost fell asleep on a train watching them. Um, uh yeah it, it it's fine it was i i, I didn't want to claw my own eyes out watching it um and barney meter i think i'm gonna put it at like a nine just because like it's done you can draw such an easy line between things that happen in this show and real world damage like it's you the- also
1: have to put it at a nine because after sophia and i went you would look like such a dick if you didn't
2: yeah well, I mean, like, I think it's like, it's like hard to like legit just play. It's not, the, it's not only the Andy Griffiths show fault. Like I'm, sure, misogyny it can't, it can't isn't be, only it from the Andy Griffiths show, but maybe it is.
0: <laughs> it would be pretty <laughs> awesome <laughs> if we were the people that cracked it. But what this podcast supposes is.
2: <laughs> what if it were? <laughs> yeah. You can't prove, well, you probably can't prove it, but you can't.
0: If you, you, you think about it too to hard, it? you'll
2: figure it out that that's not where it's from. But if I could just say the patriarchy originated with the Andy Griffith show, I'm fine with that.
0: I it mean, it would it's, make it's things good. a lot easier. It's,
2: a lot it's, easier. It's nice to have yeah. like
1: one point to point to to point at.
0: Yeah, sure, right there. Yeah, yeah. We just got at to the show very up with least... torches and pitchfork, pitchforks at one person's house, and we're golden.
1: <laughs> at the very least, it didn't help the cause. Yeah. No, it
2: did not. This show did not help at all. Yeah. With like, anything.
0: This is definitely an episode where if a person watched it and said, I am going to base my behavior as a person off of what I just watched, that's a psychopath.
1: Uh, okay, so Sophia, thank you again for being on the show. Do you want to plug your stuff uh, one more time? Sure. Tell people where they can find you, buy your stuff, give you money, etc., etc.
2: You can give me money in literally any way. You can reach out to me. I will tell you how to give me money. But actually, just give it to like mutual aid funds and not me. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at, at onefollowernodad, the number one. And you can find me at onefollowernodad.com. You can buy my book, Well, This Is Exhausting, out in paperback this June, coming up very soon. So that's, you can find me at GQ, Bustle, anywhere else where I'm writing about sex or Fleetwood Mac or Shrek or something in those categories
1: ah yes the I, four elements of
2: life truly i'm always pitching uh, stuff about all of those things and my editors are always like no absolutely not but that's fine one day they'll crash all
1: right uh as always you can get at us on the internet email us some nice words of encouragement at breakingmayberry@gmail.com. at gmail.com. on twitter we are at breakmayberry because we can't get those ing's in there sad letter requirements uh i am on twitter at s c h n e i d remarks at schneid remarks uh dan doesn't have a twitter and he'll tell you all about not having a twitter uh if you so much as blink at him Uh, find me
0: on discord i guess i don't know
1: yeah he's sending up smoke signals about how he's not on twitter (laughs) semaphore he's waving flags uh Please sure to support us with your money dollars at Patreon.com breakingmayberry to get uh, access to the extended edition of this episode and many more with all of the good stuff that I'm definitely cutting out. That about wraps it up for us. Uh, our music was uh, written by Max Ludwig, who is on Twitch as Sleep Talkie. Uh, Maynard J. Berry, the official mascot of Breaking Mayberry, was uh, created, uh, drawn, and beamed into your homes by At Not Your Guts. And I think that about wraps it up for us. Sophia, once again, thank you for being on. We'll see you all down at the fishing hole.